You know, Taylor, sometimes when, you know, podcasting and working and life just gets in the way, I can't think about what I'm going to flambe or chiffonade or anything like that. So, you know, recently I decided to look into HelloFresh because every week they send me however many meals I want because, you know, sometimes I'm just lazy and I want to think about meal prep. And, you know, they send great meals. And again, it's prepackaged, easy to make. And on top of all that, it's cheap with inflation. It's cheaper than going to the store and buying ingredients for two meals right now. So, have you ever used HelloFresh? I have, because I hate to cook. I don't even know what chiffonade or whatever the hell you just said even means. Uh, What I love about HelloFresh is that they send you exactly what you need. If they say you need cabbage, then they send you cabbage. They say you need just this much honey, then they send you just that much honey. It's always perfectly portioned, exactly what you need, every time. It's amazing. I absolutely love HelloFresh, and it saves my ass from week to week. Exactly. So if you're like me and you hate to cook, or if you're like Kevin and you love to cook, but you just flat out don't have time, check out HelloFresh. If you use our special link to sign up, which is cultusplat.com slash HelloFresh, you can get 16 free meals. 16. That's so many. Not only that, you also get free shipping on your first box and three surprise gifts. Head to cultusplat.com slash HelloFresh and sign up today. And I was so excited that the Cannonball Run, which you both can thank me for now that it's in your lives forever. <laughs> Have you seen the second one? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not very encouraging. Uh, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's not the magic. <laughs> not, the, not that it didn't capture the same magic as the first. I don't know, you have to. I mean, you're you guys are committed. You guys have to watch too now. You can't yeah. just leave it hanging. You have to. You have to find out. And uh, I don't so. know if we have to. <laughs> no, you have to. You have to. <laughs> so how does this thing work, guys? What's the for? Are we starting now, or are we? Do you have official like like uh, bumper music or? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. another episode of cult the splat i'm your host taylor bartle joined once again by my co-host kevin nesgoda yo what's up not a lot what's up with you not a lot just watching a couple movies on this hot saturday morning afternoon here in southern california hot and sticky it is sticky there's like this weird humidity (laughs) thing going on it's like monsooning over in arizona and nevada and i just realized that we started off a lot of our episodes talking about weather. I mean, it's 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 easy small talk. It, it's true. Like, I mean, Tears for Fears started head over heels by talking about the weather. So, good point. <laughs> I mean, one of the greatest Dickens books also starts off talking about the weather. So, that's right. Uh, we have a very special guest today. Speaking of Arizona and uh, Nevada and other desert states, joining us from New Mexico, Ooh. he is an actor and producer. Best known for a little movie you might know called They Reach. Uh, he is Mr. Jason Connolly. How are you, Jason? Hey, now. Happy to be here. Yes, coming to you from balmy 
Albuquerque, New Mexico, where Bugs Bunny always took a left. I didn't. <laughs> I should have. Um, then you would end up in Pismo. Then <laughs> I tell the um, there is zero humidity here. Uh, I have to moisturize, so I have my routine and wear sunscreen everywhere I go. So, uh, being a Ballard boy from Seattle, Washington, this is definitely have been has been a cultural shock for my lovely wife and I to uh, get used to the uh, atmospheric. Uh, I was going to say you have the uh, the skin complexion of somebody from the Seattle area. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am whiter than sour cream for sure, and uh, and I can tell you one thing: the radiation from the the sun's we're in the high desert, so we're equivalent to uh, twice the altitude of Snoqualmie Pass. Oh, uh, to kind of give you an idea, so we're almost a mile high, like as high as Denver. And, um, yeah, it's different. I got to tell you the concentration of the sun rays and it's the higher, drier desert. And you can just, I can just feel it sizzling my skin as I, uh, stick out. So a lot of long sleeves, hats. And like I said, uh, I have uh, 50 SPF sunscreen on all the time, even as we speak. It's probably why you see, you uh, got the glow. <laughs> I have that. I have that. Uh, yes. That, uh, nuclear glow about me it's not the radiation <laughs> it's at least you're not sticky <laughs> no well you know what that i'm really glad you said that because humidity and we will get some humidity this is known as the monsoon season for us here which means it dumps a heck of a lot of rain in a short amount of a time so it's gone just as quickly as it uh, swooshes in and there will be some very this the kind of humidity when you go walking through it you can feel it Oh, I hate that. Pressing against your body, but it doesn't last very long here. That's nice. Water is a definitely a precious commodity here. Something I I hope I didn't take for granted in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, beautiful drinking water and water, and though I'm sure I did, but I like to think that I didn't. Yeah, I always feel like I'm not hydrating enough. <laughs> you know, that's interesting. It sneaks up. I mean, I have water all over the place. I mean, we are probably not consuming enough. Enough water because it just it's you, yeah you don't really appreciate it until until you're in a situation where you're on the sun. Uh, it's not like Arizona, <laughs> but uh, you don't really appreciate it until until you're in an environment the, how how important hydration is and what a treat and a luxury. Really clean drinking water is. It really has uh, deepened my uh, appreciation for that for sure. Yeah, I would say most people probably don't hydrate enough. Everyone, pause the podcast and go get some water. Yes, get sir. some water right now. <laughs> so today we are talking about the 1981 comedy The Cannonball Run, chosen by Mr. Connolly. Critics Rotten Tomato score 29%. Ooh. How does that make you feel, Jason? You know what? It makes me feel good. It makes <laughs> this <laughs> because you know, in enjoyable this movie is not God's gift to cinema, but it is entertaining. To have that many celebrities. And I, I tell you, it's it's what really attracted me to this movie is my dad and I, we would go watch Bruce Lee movies. And a fun fact, a lot of people don't, may not know this, that Bruce Lee is buried in Seattle, Washington. I've been there. His son, who passed away far, far too early in life, is buried next to him. But we would go see a lot of Bruce Lee kung fu movies. And one of the things that actually got me excited about the Cannonball Run was the producer, who also used to produce... The Bruce Lee films, and oh, um, did not and know was, that it was yeah. So he produced the Bruce Lee films, and um, it was uh, Raymond Chow 
because Raymond Chow used to be with Golden Harvest. So as a kid, I was, I was, you know, we would watch, you know, watch all these movies. So when I saw Raymond Chow was a part of this, I got excited because to me that equated to good action kind of movie. And I was not disappointed because that opening scene, that opening scene with the Lambo in it is epic. You have to admit. It is. That's pretty epic, right? Yeah. So ever since then, I've, I've always wanted a Lamborghini, get Lamborghini Countach. But uh, yeah, that opening shot, Raymond Chow, that's a little tie in there. So I think of dad every time I see his name. So See, I will Aww. say uh, I, I had not seen this until today. So for me, when I think of a Lamborghini Countach, I think of the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> See, we just expanded your horizon, right? Pops chasing this car and then uh, the two lovely uh, two lovely actors that are driving, uh, driving the car, one of which uh, we were just talking about earlier, who was in our film, uh, one of our favorite films by John Carpenter, The Fog. That's true. Adrian Barbeau. Adrian yes, she was one of those. So that's kind of, kind of fun to see that. So, but yeah, that opening scene, I, sometimes I'll just play the opening scene just because it's, it's a wonderful opening shot and the helicopter, because you know, no drones back then, right? This is all yeah. had to be thoughtfully planned and in the middle of, you know, the deserts and helicopters and stuff like that. So yeah. I remember when you first picked this movie, you just sent me a link to the opening scene. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what you do. It's how you do it. It's just a matter of time. Can you tell why I'm an actor, not a singer? <laughs> Cannibal. But uh, yeah, no, it's just, I'll just watch it. And then all the celebrities that are in it. But I heard that everyone on set was really great and they were excited to be there. And it's kind of, it sounds like it was one of those fun films to make. And I think everyone was kind of fanning out, you know, like, oh my gosh, that's Dean Martin. Oh my gosh, that's Sammy Davis, uh, who I think is one of the greatest entertainers who's ever lived. Oh, for sure. And Dom DeLuise was breaking uh, Burt Reynolds the entire movie. Oh, my gosh. Dom DeLuise. And here's a fun fact. Dom DeLuise was not the first choice. They actually went after Don Rickles. Oh, wow. Oh, I could see that, too. Yeah. Don yeah. Rickles. They went to Don Rickles. Don Rickles uh, looked at kind of some of the the cast and uh, decided not to do it. And so, uh, no, wait a minute. You know what? Uh, I'm mistaken. Don Rickles was, I believe, supposed to be um, the role of Sammy Davis's role. Oh, that's oh. interesting. That's what it was. I am so sorry. No, no, it was because, here's the tie-in. It's because Dom DeLuise was in it. Don Rickles thought that that lowered the production value and so didn't do it. And so they got Sammy Davis Jr. to do it, to be Dean Martin's co-pilot in, in the Ferrari. And uh, I can't imagine Dom DeLuise not being in this picture because no, I don't know who yeah. could have owned it and just really committed to the character to 100%. And like you said, when you get him and um, Burt Reynolds together, um, it's, I don't know, it's two great tastes that taste great together, right? I mean, it's really. Exactly. Um, it's like pineapple and pizza. It's like pineapple oh, and pizza. You're, now Max isn't going to come on the show, <laughs> Kevin. Oh, damn it. My bad. <laughs> Uh, audience score on this one is 61%, so better. much better. Well, I worked really hard to get that up to 61. I like had to like revisit it from different IP addresses, and I was clicking <laughs> all kinds of stuff. So I got it up there. It's just one of those fun movies. I don't know. Yeah. The, the critics' mm -hmm. consensus says Cannonball Run casts a bevy of famous faces at, as its wacky racers, but forgets to give them characters to play, resulting in 90 dull minutes that feel like a oh. marathon. 
Isn't that wonderful? How dare they is right. And as an actor, I would love to have a review like that because that means, one, I was actually in a motion picture of the scale. (laughs) (laughs) And and two, to be with that many celebrities. Can you imagine the logistics? I mean, you have Dean Martin, you got Sammy Davis, you have Burt Reynolds. I mean, you have, I mean, Fair Fawcett. I mean, you just go down the list. The cast is huge. Can you imagine how many trailers? Or RVs they had to have because they filmed this in like a uh, little bit in Georgia, Nevada, uh, I think uh, obviously California. And so there's a lot of remote locations that looked really hot outside temperature wise yeah. to film. So I can't imagine um, what they had to do to uh, keep everybody happy, happy. But but from what I've all accounts that I've read and heard is is that everyone actually had a really, really nice time. Even Frank Sinatra, Francis Albert himself called up and said, hey. Why aren't I in this movie? You know, because oh, really? you heard that Dean and Sammy were in there, you know, and just having a ball. So a Sinatra cameo would have been pretty sweet. Oh, I think, I think, you know what? I think he's in the second one. You know, I think he's in the second one. Jamie Farr was amazing in this. Um, they kind of hit some of the stereotypes. So for the audience out there, just have to uh, not making an excuse, just at the time, you know, they kind of played up on the Asianness of, uh, of some of the characters as well as, you know, kind of some of the Middle Eastern, what we would consider stereotypes that, that aren't, I, you know, that just, you just don't do, you know, but it was the eighties, but in that era. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to apologize for it, but I'm just, he, he played, he really rolled into that character. And, uh, and of course we all know him as Klinger from mash, just really, just, just really committed to it. And I think approached it in an honest way and just kind of, I think that made, and this was Jackie Chan's first English movie in English. Cause he was huge uh, in China. Second role, period. Oh, and, and you know what? I think it was at the time, only a second role period. And I think that was because of Mr. Chow wanted, cause he's the biggest star in Asia at the time known for his, obviously doing his own stunts and, and his, his action movies. I mean, boy, to be in a Jackie Chan movie, can you imagine? (laughs) So it was really fun having, having him, you know, having him in there and, you know, using the technology in their cars stuff to, to win the race, but he gets to show off some of his, uh, his Kung Fu action in, in one of the scenes, not to be a spoiler, but it was just kind of fun that way. Right. So this was written by Brock Yates, who, uh, Hasn't written much. Smokey and the Bandit too, so I guess that kind of makes sense with the Burt Reynolds connection. Also, Hal Needham, the director, uh, directed both Smokey and the Bandit movies. Yep, yeah. So Hal Needham, he did an interesting convention. He was the first guy to when you watch the credits to put the bloopers in during the running of the credits. So a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people have followed that since then, where they'll you know, stay through the credits and they'll run the blooper frame next to the mm-hmm. credits going by. I kind of feel yeah. bad for the people <laughs> whose name's going by while the credits, because you cannot help. I mean, anytime <laughs> no you get Dom DeLuise that. and Burt no Reynolds, one. you know, cracking up or, you know, just being who they are, you know, I, I, I have no idea who was in, who helped make the, the, the hidden heroes do need to shout out, but he was the first one to do that in the credits. And he did it in smoking the bandit, did it more obviously in cannibal and cannibal run two. And so it's kind of it's kind of fun to to kind of see that mechanism and how other filmmakers have used it uh, as a convention to this date, which I personally kind of like because I think it kind of lets kind of I mean, all movies are a trick, right? And we're the tricksters, and it kind of lets people in on the process uh, of filming. And I think people kind of get a kick out of that. 
And also, like, even though they're not watching it, it makes people stick around for the credits. Oh, exactly. for sure. Right, right. Uh, the other thing that Cannonball had was this was was really the the first uh, huge use of product advertising. So you'll notice in here um, three companies stand out that were predominantly highlighted in the film. And they received millions of dollars, and it was really kind of the first time where, in in an effective uh, strategic way, the uh, product placement. So you'll see the Seven Eleven Slurpee, mm. you'll see Goodyear tires, and yep. Budweiser, and Hawaiian Tropic. Uh, uh, and, and Hawaiian, Hawaiian Tropic. Tropic was on the side of the of the of that one race car. You're right of the of the NASCAR style race car. But that was the the first time where they you know they they received millions of dollars you know to have these to have these placements and it was also the first movie to highlight Seven Eleven having a gas station. Seven um, Elevens have you know we known them for the Big Gulp and the Slurpee, but they've also been having gas stations at Seven Eleven, and this was the first movie that deliberately highlighted when they pulled in in that uh, in the in the ambulance to refuel during the race. They highlighted 7-Eleven being uh, also a place to go for gasoline. So, little hmm, interesting, little little fun fact. And for those of you don't that don't know, this movie is actually based. There's actually a race called the Cannonball Race. Goes from New York to uh, Los Angeles, two thousand eight hundred miles, and it's an unsanctioned event. Needless to say, uh, the first rule of the Cannonball is there are no rules. And uh, so they would uh, clock in and uh, as quickly as they can go across. And so this this movie highlights and the ambulance that was used in the Cannonball Run was actually used in an actual Cannonball Run race. Oh, wow. The That's production, cool. the producer director team, they had actually participated in it. And so everyone's trying to think of different ways to um, bend the rules to go really fast. And so an ambulance was one way. Uh, they, there were actually some people that were in, a ra- in the, can- the actual Cannonball that dressed up as priests, uh, as Dean Martin and Sammy, Sammy Davis. Uh, if you don't know this, Sammy Davis is Jewish. So he's, he's playing, he's playing a Catholic priest. It was just kind of funny, just kind of, you know, mixing that up. But, uh, I don't know. I remember on Jackass, they did a gumball run and I don't know what exactly the specifics were, if it was cross country or just up a coast or something, but I, I just have this vague memory of them doing the gumball run. The gumball was that. Was there any tie into the actual use of gumballs, or is it just that's just what they called it? I think that's just what they called it. So, yeah, that makes it kind of fun like that. So, (laughs) yeah, IMDb synopsis says a wide variety of eccentric competitors participate in a wild and illegal cross country road race. However, the eccentric entrants will do anything to win the road race, including low down dirty tricks. Not bad. Have you ever said that phrase before in your entire life? Low down, <laughs> dirty tricks. I mean, but that sums it up right there, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Low down, dirty tricks. And that's exactly all these shenanigans that uh, that uh, come into play uh, you know, while they're making the cannonball. So I have to wonder, have either of you seen the movie Rat Race? Yes. I haven't seen Rat Race. I wonder if it's inspired by this because it's a very similar concept, except they're like racing to get this millionaire's money or something like that. Right. Rat race. I'll write that down. What era? Do you remember the late 90s? Early 2000s and late 90s. 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Had Cuba Gooding Jr. in it, I think. Oh, I had Vincent Vallouf, dude. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I like Cuba. And Seth Green. 
Um, Mr. Bean was in it. <laughs> good old Mr. Bean. <laughs> That's pretty good. They uh, big Burt Reynolds. I mean, it's so funny with an all star cast of all these names that you would recognize. Uh, it's funny that the uh, Burt Reynolds, you know, was was the top of the heat, and uh, he got what's called a five for four. And what that means in movie talks is he was paid five million dollars for four weeks of work. Uh, so if you can imagine, in you know eighty one, five million dollars for four weeks is is not is not a. I mean, that's my salary today, by the way. So if you want to hire me, I'm a five for four. So five million for four days of work. But that so, was back. So five dollars for four hours of work. <laughs> five dollars for four hours of work. <laughs> I think you're losing that one, man. So yeah, no kidding, right? But five million dollars for four weeks of work was pretty was was because um, the the budget. I mean, that was the budget of this this film was, gosh, I think it was like uh, sixteen million, something like that. Yeah, sixteen to eighteen million. Okay, is what so it says okay, so sixteen to eighteen million. Thought. I mean, I'm just saying, over. I never saw a dime for they reach. That's all I'm saying. You know what? I was executive <laughs> producer, and I haven't seen a dime for they reach either. So, <laughs> so had a lot of dimes go out. Uh, but not, <laughs> not a lot. And by the way, uh, this uh, show is brought to you by They Reach. Go ahead and go to your video store, folks. And Available on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Or you can buy the Blu-ray with special bonus features. Uh, Including uh, commentary by yours truly. Yep, you're in the commentary. There you go. See, I didn't even make the commentary. Uh, but uh, yeah, go ahead and, and help some uh, filmmakers out here. But you're right, $60 million. So Burt Reynolds was an easy, you know. A third of he's that. He's 33% of the budget. And so he's a big part of the budget. And um, in the film itself, I think the entire shoot was 35 to 36 days. So they reach wow. was not 35 to 36 days. No, it was three years. <laughs> <laughs> but we got a hell of a movie out there, though. But yeah, no, it's interesting, isn't it? So when you see Farrah Fawcett and all these stars, you can imagine it's just... Uh... And then how do you determine the the order in the credits. I think they, uh, eventually I think they had to say, Hey, we're doing alphabetical. Keep it simple. Right. You know? Well, I noticed like, it says like, I think it says Burt Reynolds, Farrah Fawcett, maybe one or two others. And then it goes into alphabetical. Then it order. goes into the so, alphabetical yeah. order. So they definitely yeah. had a line that they had to stick to, right. Cause Dean Martin was in there. Roger Moore, obviously he was mm-hmm. huge. Uh, <laughs> he was, he was huge in this. And, and what's, funny about this and actually it's interesting the producing the production company cubby broccoli was the producer with saltzman of the bond pictures you know so he owned oh. the bond rights and all that so you know for your eyes only the spy who loved me one of my favorites goldfinger my favorite bond picture anyway so he was the big producer who brought his his daughter barbara does it today um but one of the things is he almost sued the production because you have to remember how they got around it was, is the music sounded James Bond, but it was a couple notes off. Um, he drove, uh, you know, 60s Austin Martin DB5, just like James Bond would. But instead of this, this was an actor. Uh, the character was pretending he was Roger Moore, right. not pretending right. to be James Bond. He never says James Bond. He yeah. never says, yeah, no. I'm Roger Moore, you know? So you have that. And so what's kind of funny, so you have all these, you know, these slick things with his different, not to be a spoiler, but every time you see him, he's with a different, <laughs> a different girlfriend in in this car. But it was interesting that they were almost sued because it was. But they're saying no, it's he's not James Bond. This is a guy who thinks he's Roger Moore. <laughs> so Roger Moore playing a guy who's pretending to be Roger Moore. Right. And so <laughs> get all that Roger Moore goodness. I'll have a vodka martini shaken, not stirred. Boy, I'm just full of little tidbits and you are little. 
quirky things about this. This I want to be in a movie like this. I'm going to direct a movie like this. I think this- our guests usually just come with poop <clears throat> jokes, but here you are with <laughs> yeah. all this trivia and knowledge. <laughs> poop jokes, yeah. yeah. I don't know any poop jokes. All right, let's just dive into this, shall we? Yeah, we shall. So the opening scene that Jason loves so much, black Lamborghini Countach just flying through the desert. Probably 160, maybe, I'd say. You see, they pull over to a stop sign that says 55. Woman gets out of the passenger side, just spray paints a big red X through it. Yeah, I can't drive 55. I don't think Sammy Hagar had that yet. <laughs> this is where he got it. Exactly. Yeah. Little, little, see, I got my own trivia. I just make it up. But Sammy Hagar <laughs> yeah. actually wrote, I can't drive 55 after watching this movie. He's going, that's brilliant. I need a lyric I here. I oh, I can't drive fifty five. Like He's like that. the one day I'm going to join Van Halen, even though I have no idea who those guys are. <laughs> Eddie Van Hagar. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Make him take my last name, <laughs> Van Hagar. <laughs> so the police start chasing this Countach. They're obviously not going to catch it. It kind of lets them get close and then just takes off. It hides behind a, a sign or a bush or something, lets the cop go by and then chases it, does the old cop trick. We hear the cop talking on his CB and he's saying, you know, we've, we've been chasing this guy for two hours and we're going to stay in pursuit until we catch him. Little does he know the Countach has now pulled up right behind him. The person on the other side of the CB is like, it didn't take us this long to catch Dillinger. Ooh. So then we see this auto shop. We see Dom DeLuise running in. He's two hours late because his hamster had an, an anxiety attack. <laughs> he says, yeah, he started eating his tail and then he ate his treadmill. And I was like, what is this treadmill made of? Because when I had hamsters, we had metal treadmills. Yes. They were always metal treadmills, weren't they? It's got strong teeth. That's a hell of a thing. Good source of iron. Yeah, good source of iron. <laughs> hey oh. <laughs> but we see him talking to Burt Reynolds and Burt Reynolds tells him, hey, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of your hamster's running on their treadmills and they're all going at the same time and they're making the engine go. And Dom DeLuise is like, oh, that's, that's a great way to put it. Wouldn't it be great if we could share winning the cannonball with them, me, you, the hamsters, and him? Burt Reynolds just like, don't start with him. I don't want to hear about him. Not him. And I was like, Jesus? <laughs> is it capital H him? Yeah. We then see Sammy Davis Jr. And he is betting on the cannonball run, which for like an underground race there's a lot of like they, there's a whole setup going on here he's got all the racers up on a wall with all the odds well he's at trump tower in atlantic city i assume oh there's no rules there well he was talking to the guy across the was called jimmy the greek the greek yeah and, and yeah. back in the day he was the the odds maker and i think they even had him on the nfl games just not for betting reasons but just uh to give his analytical commentary on 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 odds making oh okay Interesting. So the Greek tells us, you know, breaking it down for us, he has some exposition that the cannonball run is a 3,000 mile race, averaging 85 miles per hour. But Sammy Davis says, you know, what, what are the odds on me? Because apparently he's, he's in the race. And the guy tells him 50 to 1. So he says, all right, I want to bet 20 large. And the guy's like, that's a million dollars if you win. He says, yep. Have you met my partner? And it's, it's Dean Martin. And he, he used to drive, um, Oh, I didn't put it in my notes. F1? Yeah, I think it was F1. But now, obviously, he's older. But he says, Sammy Davis says, you know, we're not worried because God is our co-pilot. 
Sammy, Sammy <laughs> Davis is like, or uh, Dean Martin is like, God is our co-pilot. Have you seen our car? There's two seats. Where's he going to sit? That's a good point. That is yeah. a good point. Fun uh, fact mean, about their, their car, uh, the car that Dean Martin and Sammy Davis uh, is a Ferrari. I think it's a 308. That's what it's called. Fun fact, that car was actually owned by uh, the director, Hal Needham. Oh. That was his car that they used in the film. Uh, so he, he thought it was great because when shooting was done, he always had his car with him. <laughs> so <Yeah>. he could just... <laughs> so many unnecessary miles put on it, though. <laughs> <laughs> so Good thing this wasn't directed by Sam Raimi because then he would have had the Delta. Ooh, the Delta. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, Jason. Sam Raimi puts his car in every one of his movies. No, I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't it's, know that. it's in Doctor Strange, if you look real close. Oh, no kidding. Yep. So hmm. uh, Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise, are, they're flying in this like little, uh, it's not a biplane, it's just a little little plane. little Cessna 150, yep. You, man, you, you just I know, right? What, what's up with, my dad used to fly though, so I get the little TV. Oh, okay. And having a, a person by Dom DeLuise's size and Burt Reynolds, I mean, you're like shoulder to shoulder. I mean, oh, I'm it's, sure. it's yeah. a cozy ride for sure. But they're talking about how they're going to hide their car. They're like, maybe we get a limousine with with diplomat plates. And they're like, oh, what about a blood mobile? They wouldn't stop a blood mobile. And Tom DeLuise is like, ice cream truck. We have to get there before the ice cream melts, right? But Burt Reynolds is just like, all right, well, we're out of beer. So I'm, I'm going to make a stop. And he just lands this plane in the middle of the street in this busy town. People are running all over the place. And I love Dom DeLuise just like beelines into the store, grabs the beer, and without stopping, just walks out and hands the cashier the money. <laughs> Gets back in the plane and they take off. And it was interesting about that stunt. They they talked about it is uh, obviously it was a stunt pilot, but you know, they had no effects back then. So they actually had to do these things practically. So they they had to have such a sharp, uh, is it attitude when you're dealing with planes as far as the angle to the ground? Because they actually had to avoid the, the, the wires, the, oh. know, the, the power lines and the telephone lines. And when the plane comes down, it is no, so nose forward that it's amazing that the propeller isn't hitting the cement. And likewise, when they turn around, that part you just described is they really had to floor it and really really go up again to clear the lines. And you can even see in the background where there's people where they blocked off the street and you can see people on the side, you know, watching them kind of, <laughs> kind of do these shots, you know, that's crazy. It's kind of one of the fun things of the film is you, you see, they can only block off the spectators so much. And then everyone that's obviously within frame or stunt people that are prepared to dive out of the way, you know, before cars or stuff, but you can see the people in the background watching them film. It's, I don't know. It's kind of fun. Huh. But I like at this point, Burt Reynolds says, you know, we could get a black Trans Am. Now that's been done. <laughs> of course, referencing Smokey and the Bandit. Smokey is the Bandit. <laughs> we see Roger Moore as Seymour Goldfarb Jr. And his, his mother is talking to him about how he's been posing as Roger Moore, this Hollywood actor, but also as a spy. <laughs> so, like, not only is he... Pretending he's Roger Moore, he's also essentially pretending he's James Bond. But again, without saying James Bond. Keeping it clean. She's like, now this. And like lifts a, a towel or something and there's this gun. And she's like, the maid found this under your pillow. And he's just like, mother, you know too much. It's You have to go. And he points the gun at his mom and pulls the trigger. But just a little stick comes out with a flag that says bang. Did she wet her pants after that? <laughs> like Vince McMahon? <laughs> like Vince McMahon. <laughs> But she's just, 
she, she says, she's like, God, where did I go wrong? And he goes, oh, you're too Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, but. One can assume. It was the 80s. Now, now we see Burt Reynolds driving a speedboat. He's just driving everything in this. Yeah. But he crashes the speedboat into another boat because he's checking out these girls in their bikinis. And so him and Dom DeLuise are in the back of an ambulance. He's got a neck brace on. Dom DeLuise has this brace on his finger that sticks out like six inches. It only hurts when I point. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Dom DeLuise is, is apologizing. And Burt Reynolds is like, yeah, well, nobody's perfect. He goes, yeah, nobody's perfect except him. Again, are we talking about Jesus? Who is him? Yes. Obviously, if he's perfect, it's Jesus or Mary Poppins. Praise him. Praise be to him. They're talking to the ambulance or the EMT or whoever's in the back. And they're like, you know, how, how far to the hospital? He says, oh, it's about, I think he says seven or eight miles. And they're like, how long till we get there? And he says, 10 minutes. And this baby, you can, was he, he says, you can smoke through traffic, like shot through a gun. And they're just like, bing, okay. light bulb. Uh, then we see this Japanese talk show, and they're interviewing Jackie Chan, who I think is playing himself, because like I don't speak Japanese, but they say Jackie Chan. Yes. <laughs> I did understand that much, um, which Jackie Chan is Chinese, but whatever. It's the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> but we see their car. It's this like hatchback Subaru, but it's just like teched out and they got all these computers on the dash and stuff. The whole dash is gone. It's just replaced by all these little buttons and switches and his co-pilot or his, his cue or whatever this guy is, is like showing it off to this woman and it just like takes off and blasts through a wall. And that his, his co-star in that actually in, in that scene there that I, I understand is, was kind of known as the Charlie Chaplin of comedy in, in China. So from a physical straight man perspective and and as we talked about earlier this was like his first mr chan's first or second appearance in an you know in an english-speaking film of course he had already conquered the rest of the world with his amazing other movies kung fu movies so they're quite the quite the quite the great comedy team well if two chinese guys playing japanese wasn't problematic enough we then head to the <laughs> middle east oh boy i know yeah uh, we see these two guys <laughs> sitting on camels one guy's like give me a cigarette and the guy's like camel it's like, no, not the camel. <laughs> but we see this Rolls Royce drive by and it's it's Klinger in brown face. Oh, boy. And he's talking to his sister about how he's going like, to win the cannibal run against the infidels or whatever. Uh, we then see Brad Compton, who is this like rich board member for something. But he he's like an adrenaline junkie. So he's about to getting ready to jump out of a plane on a motorcycle. Which had never been done before. So the director... Um, and the producer, they had a friend who's a stunt coordinator and they said, well, we want this guy because they were, they were able to throw in all kinds of effects in this film. And so this one, it's the first time he goes, well, what if he went out of the back of an airplane on a motorcycle? Hasn't been done. And the conversation with the stunt guy, he didn't seem phased at all. He goes, yeah, all right. the producer and the director were more concerned. And the stunt guy says, you know, if I can get a good push off from the bike, because it's really you need to separate yourself from the bike so it doesn't fall right. on you, you know? Yeah. He says, yeah, no, if I get a good push off, then I know I'm not worried about this stunt at all. And so that was the first time a motorcycle's ever been used. And now since then, Tom Cruise, I think, has done it. I'm <laughs> sure in Mission Impossible. So all that, see, Cannonball Run has inspired so many of the great filmmakers of today. Revolutionary. So, revolutionary. <laughs> But he wants to do the cannibal run on a motorcycle. And so he tells his, his little cronies 
to go and get his partner, Shaky Finch. <laughs> we then see these two good old boys. Uh, it, who is, it's Mel Tillis, who was a country singer, and Terry Bradshaw, who, of course, played for the Steelers and is now a uh, commentator on Fox for the NFL. That dude's been bald forever. <laughs> we were saying that before you got in the chat. I don't think he ever had hair, but you could tell he'd worked. I mean, he's obviously closer to his prime then because he was just, I mean, he's he's very well built. And what's interesting about Mel Tillis, great country singer, in real life he does stutter. That is not, uh, when oh. you see him doing his lines in the film, he actually he actually has has a stutter. But it's fascinating that he doesn't stutter when he sings. Yeah. And I don't That's know. Wow. Yeah, I, I and I don't know. I I think that's common for people who stutter, but when they sing, they don't stutter. So it's it's cool. He's had got some great. You should listen to his albums. I mean, he really is. But he stutters in real life, so he's not putting anything on. That's really, that's you know, that's how he was when he wasn't singing. Hmm. I, I Mel Tillis is great. So, but they're driving the Hawaiian Tropic car, and they're like, we you know, they're getting chased by the cops, and they're like, we got to find some place to hide this. And as they're driving the hood flies up and so they can't see and they end up crashing into the pool <laughs> and that was the first time that a car had been crashed into a swimming pool see Damn, really? we've ever? seen these conventions before ever we've like, seen these conventions be right. before and it's in uh, a movie maybe in a movie sorry okay, in a movie ever. yeah yeah <laughs> oh sorry apologies i meant within the universe of cinema uh but yeah isn't that uh see there you go cannonball right Everything comes back to the Cannonball Run, folks. And then it happened in like every 80s teen movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's like, you saw Cannonball Run. Let's just replay it to death. John Hughes was like, I love that Cannonball Run. It is so great. I'm going to be inspired by that. I'm going to have a pool. <laughs> we then see the Friends of Nature meeting. And uh, Arthur J. Foyt is getting ready to speak. He's got Farrah Fawcett sitting right next to him, taking pictures, and he is just enamored by her breasts. He tries to say, you know, it's a terrific turnout, and he says, it's a titty turn. I mean, terrific turnout. <laughs> so bad. So bad. And, you know, Farrah Fawcett, let's don't underestimate, she was a huge, you know, that's why her her billing was up so high. She wasn't left in the in the alphabetical area. She, she was the powerhouse uh, back then, you know. Um, you know, they had the Charlie's Angels. and Absolutely. And stuff like that. So she was definitely, uh, uh, definitely a uh, positive force to be reckoned with. So it was, yeah. But the guy says, you know, our Foyt says, I'm sure you're here to, to hear me speak. And she's like, no, I'm just here because I love trees. You know what I love most about trees is, you know, you can sit under them on a breezy day, and you can sit there and just ball your eyes out. <laughs> like what? <laughs> That's depressing. That's really depressing. But Foyt talks about I – mean, he's from Washington, D.C. Uh, I don't know exactly what department he works for or anything, but he's like, you know, we we heard you guys when you did your mother's march against colored toilet paper because of its effect on your rectum. Do you guys remember colored toilet paper? No. no. Does, was that part of your – I remember printed toilet paper with like designs and stuff on it, but not they just colors. They had – all right, so my age is going to tell on me, but I remember going to friends' houses and they had pink – you can buy toilet paper, and pink was the popular color, to match the decor of your bathroom. So oh. I think pink and lavender, I think, or maybe they called it a purple, but you know, that kind of. But yeah, it was a big thing. It was having um, <laughs> matching toilet paper. Just different colors. Of Did it come in brown? 
Uh, yes, right. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be good? Brown just kind of kind of blend in, but just uh, I, mean, I don't know if I'm done wiping. Do you see the forward thinking, my folks? See the forward thinking we have here. See, you do have just, poop jokes. Yeah. See, design. I guess I do have a poop joke, a cleanup joke. Um, but we see the Terry and Mel are working on their car right outside. And eventually they get it working and they rev the engine so hard that it shatters the window and knocks everybody down. And Foyt is just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get you Duke boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we then see the hotel where all the cannonballers are staying. This truck with Mad Dog and his friend. I don't know if they ever said his friend's name. I don't think so either. I don't recall. I don't think they did. They um, No, and it's funny. The director saw... Mad Dog, he was a stand-up comedian and a street performer. And he remembered him and he put him in the film. So that's a little little fun fact. And another fun fact, that that place that has the Cannonball Bar in it, this hotel you're talking about, is actually where the crew stayed. Oh, it's an actual hotel? It's an actual hotel. They oh, did cool. rename the bar to the Cannonball Bar, which they ended up keeping that way. But the crew stayed there. And one of the things that the director did, which I love, is he always stayed with the crew. So you had the the upper level celebrities um, that would stay at a different, you know, maybe more of a swankier place. I'm not knocking that. I'm just trying to describe to the audience and you guys just, um, and then the crew will, would stay together at this, at this hotel. And this director always liked to stay with uh, his crew. And I, I believe in that. I think that's, that's a good, I mean, you're a team, right? It's the hidden heroes that make the movie right. work. So, you uh, you know, you just, you gotta be, you are one of them. And uh Anyways, a little fun fact about the hotel and the director's philosophy of achieving what uh, Megan Griffiths would always call crutopia. But Mad Dog is mad that there's no parking, so he just drives right into the front of the hotel, just drives right into the lobby. And, and he leans his head out of the car and he goes, where's the hookers? <laughs> <laughs> and Burt Reynolds comes up behind him and he's like, oh, hey, Mad Dog, uh, you know, parking lot's that way. Mad Dog's just like, yeah, brakes went out. And no one is like really reacting <laughs> To the fact that he just drove through a wall. It happens all the time. They just expect it, I assume. Apparently. <laughs> Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise now are dressed like EMTs. They've got like the EMT jackets. And so the concierge at the hotel is like, please help this man. And it's, it's Foyt. And so <laughs> Burt Reynolds just grabs a seltzer bottle and just like sprays him in the face and the crotch. You got to have a good water shot to the face, you know, especially with one of those old timey, uh, bar spritzer. Yeah. I've always wanted one of those. I know ever since Laurel and Hardy, I don't know why it just beckons to like be sitting on your shelf to spray somebody. Doesn't it? I just mean, in case it? my wife's interrupting me or something. <laughs> Get up here. You, yeah, right. <laughs> I said, no bad wife. <laughs> or she says it to you. Bad Kevin. We're not watching. Yeah. That's what would happen. We're not watching the cannonball run again. (laughs) No more. (laughs) Klinger shows up and he tells his little assistant, he's like, get me, I think, what does he say? 13 sweets. Yeah. He wants 13 sweets. Just get the whole floor of a two story. motel. But that played into the stereotype, right? Whenever I remember when, um, like, royal family from uh, 
you know, from a country would, they would come in and they would always, you know, order like the whole hotel or they would, you know, the entire top two floors or something like that. So, yeah. Cause he's a chic. Right. I don't know if we mentioned that, but no, no, we didn't. Chic no. falafel. I think is his name. Shut up. That's not his name. <laughs> I it? thought I saw it in the IMDB or the, uh, wiki. Sorry. So the actor that we're talking about, he's just, I think he's just called the chic. Jamie Farr is the. Yes. Who embodies the character. Yeah, Sheik Abdul Ben Falafel. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that really what it says? Seriously? That's what it says in the wiki. Oh, my gosh. IMDb I just says Sheik. IMDb is like, I'm not printing that shit. <laughs> no, I'm not going there. <laughs> I, I do like falafel, though. Um, I do, too. I love sure. a good falafel. Good falafel sandwich is good to get. But we see Foyt still hitting on uh, Farrah Fawcett. And he's he's so mad at these these damn cannonballers, but he thinks they're hell's angels at this point. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I hope I don't get too angry because I turn into a wild bull when I'm angry. And Farifoss is just like, well, I like wild bulls. Yeah, I do. And so Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise are talking about how they need a doctor for their ambulance, just in case, you know, they get caught or something. They need which doctors don't just ride around in ambulances. No, I don't even think back in the early 80s they did that. Yeah. But Dom, Dom DeLuise is saying, you know, I don't know where I'm going to find a doctor. Like, Dr. Gay doesn't even leave his house. And Bert is just like, well, who's Dr. Gay? And Dom DeLuise says, that's my shrink. But he was committed yesterday because he was smoking yeah. bananas. <laughs> I wonder if he's actually smoking bananas or that was a euphemism for something else. I mean, I don't think you would get committed for smoking something else. I'm guessing he was literally smoking bananas. Let's <laughs> <laughs> toss a banana on my smoker and see how that tastes. But Don DeLuise says that, you know, Dr. Gay didn't like when he when Don DeLuise spoke to him. But Ren's like, yeah, neither do I. But so they see these two ladies and they're like, oh, hey, maybe one of them could be our patient, which a patient seems more necessary than a doctor. If you're going to be, you know, riding around with the lights going. Right. That's the key. But so these two ladies are Adrian Barbeau and friend and friend. And I, 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 don't, I didn't catch the character's name and I don't know this actress. So uh, Tara Buckman is the actress. And I think oh, what was her name? It was Jill and Marcy. OK. I don't know who was who, though. Yeah, I don't either. But Burr Reynolds and Dom DeLuise tell them that they're doing the cannonball run and you know, would they want to join them? And they're like, oh, I will actually we're cannonballers as well. And, you know, you wouldn't know that because you haven't seen our equipment. And then Dom DeLuise does this laugh where he's like, does like a Donald Duck impression into a laugh. I think he also did that in Robin Hood Men in Tights. I think that was kind of like his thing. I think so. Was yeah. Burt Reynolds that did that? Was it? I thought it was Dom DeLuise. Wasn't it? I, I think it was Burt Reynolds that did the... He did I, that kind of little Dom goofy. Like Kevin said, I think Dom Deluise has done that in other things as well. So I think that was yeah. kind of oh. his shtick. Boy, where does the magic begin, you know, yeah. for for what becomes trademarks? It's interesting what becomes. I'm going to be curious to hear what, be, what, what people will extract from this conversation that we're having today and will live with us forever. Yeah. Well, we'll have to go to South Africa. That's true. We're big in South Africa. Huge. Oh, yeah. Nice. I've never been. Neither have I. We were top 20 in the film reviews podcast. So. <laughs> oh, no kidding. That's awesome. Well, we love you, South Africa. Hi. I will go white shark diving in South Africa yeah. one day. Watch They Reach. Um. <laughs> Jason will send you signed copies. I'll see. <laughs> For nineteen ninety five plus shipping and handling. Is that all it costs? 
<laughs> now it does. It's been advertised. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> For the next two seconds. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Time's up. But Burt Reynolds gets distracted while he's talking to these two ladies by another lady, uh, Farrah Fawcett, because her nipples are fully erect. Must be cold there. It, it must be. You're excited. Fill these nipples. It was, uh, that was, I mean, uh, without part aside, the halo lighting that they had on her and her, her, she had really long hair. It was just, it was a beautifully lit scene. No question. I, oh, yeah, I mean, it was like uh, dream weaver. I mean, it was, oh, well, she totally comes out in fantasy. I mean, just, oh, but totally. it's a beautiful shot, you know, cause they have everything else kind of smoked out and her, like I said, with the angel lighting in her hair mm-hmm. and stuff, it just, it was a good, good frame. But Bert goes up to her and says, let me guess your name. And he, he says <laughs> Melissa, but the way he says it, it's like Mel- Melissa. Melissa? Yeah, yeah. So it, it sounded weird, isn't it? Yeah, I remember him saying that. And she goes, no. Like at first I was like, did he say Millicent? Because that's a weird yes. first guess. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed yeah, it. it was something weird. I wonder, you know, I wonder if that was that was a mad lib, if I can say that. Uh, Maybe. Like he was going to say something else and he just switched. Just kind of, she's going, what? Well, who are you? What are you talking about? Yeah. He's like, Juliet. She's like, nope. And he, and he says, Betty. Betty Nugs. Betty, Betty Nugs. <laughs> and she's like, nope. And he goes, I'll just call you Beauty. I was like, or you could ask her her name, you dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, don't do this. No. Yeah. This is problematic. No. I, I, unless you look like Burt Reynolds in the 80s, I guess. Yeah, he was. That was full bone Blurt. Bert, we saw right Blurt. Blurt, full bone. We saw Bert at the highest of his powers. That's right. <laughs> my new, gonna be my new vocal exercise. You know, you got the chest hair going. You got the, you know, the trim Bert with the good old. That I mean, no one had a stash. The power stash. Like Bert Reynolds, the power stash, and uh, I'm a Bert. I I think he's great. Well deserved uh, Academy. You know, with the Boogie Nights, or at least the nomination. Enough for, for this. You know. Yeah. No, not for this. <laughs> some years later. But Dom runs up and says, uh, he says, you know, you, you'll never guess what just happened with him. Bird is just like, I don't care about him. I, I'm talking to this lady. I don't want to hear anything about him. Why is Jesus here? <laughs> Dom is just like, you don't want to hear about the doctor? And like at this point, Farrah Fawcett has, has left. And he's, Bird's like, no, I'm talking to this lady. And he turns around and she's gone. So we see Shaky, who we talked about earlier, um, Compton's partner. He's shows up to talk to Compton who's working on the motorcycle and he's, he's now a, a much bigger fellow. He's not obese, but he's, he's chubby. He's thick. Yeah. Husky. T H I C C. Yeah. We see Foyt talking on the phone about how he's going to shut down the this cannonball run. Shaky fixes the, something on the motorcycle and Foyt or not Foyt. Um, Compton goes flying through the, the hotel on this motorcycle and is just like crashing through walls and through crowds and stuff. Down the stairs, you know this. This film had some twenty-eight stunt artists. I believe in this. You know that makes sense. Have, it's a. It's quite remarkable uh, the budget and the the talent that they had for because some of those stunts you kind of go like that motorcycle one you're talking about. Like at the end of the shot, you kind of go, "How did that guy land? He did. It yeah. didn't seem like it. It it landed properly. You know. Um, so, but Roger Moore arrives to his uh, his unofficial bond music complete with bond girl and he's he's signing in and there's this kid taking a picture of one of his friends right behind him (laughs) and roger moore is like you know i I, look i know i understand that having a celebrity here is a big deal but if you could keep the media to a minimum (laughs) 
<laughs> like it's just a kid taking a photo. Not even of him. At that check-in table where he's getting the photograph taken, one of the women at the table was actually like the like the production accountant that the director put in the film. Oh. Um, she was part of the part of the above the line staff. So Oh wow. Uh, I know. Where does this knowledge come from? You're saying to yourself. Were you part of this movie? <laughs> Jason, we know that sometimes you just got to pick whoever you can find and put them in the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> You'll do. <laughs> so all you got to do is just sit there. Don't look at the camera and you're fine. Yeah. Don't spike the camera. Gosh, darn it. That can be the biggest pain. Um, folks, uh, for the audience that's listening, when you spike the camera is when a, an actor looks directly into the iris of the camera lens. That's called spiking the camera. That's something you never want to do unless you're specifically directed to do so. Because the idea is, is that if you do that, then the audience members could feel uncomfortable because they feel like they're being looked at as opposed to it being a, a passive experience. So spiking the camera, don't do it unless specifically asked to do so. That is my director's wish that I want to get out into the world. Don't spike the camera. I'm going to spike every camera I see from now on. <laughs> this is why you're not an actor. Exactly. What's really tricky, though, is when you have such a large crowd scene, right? I mean, we're all watching the monitor in what's called the video village where we can, because we all can't stand next to the camera. So where we can watch the action, the framing of the shot. And you do the best you can. You have continuity script there, and you're trying to find to make sure that no one's doing that. And sometimes you don't, sometimes you miss it until you see it on a large, you know, 30 by 30 screen and you go, oh man, because oh, you have to remember, God damn it, Nascota. <laughs> oh my God. Because, you know, an eyeball is like eight feet tall in that yeah. situation. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> so, so don't spike the camera. Uh, let's see. Where was I? Oh, so Terry Bradshaw is is mostly worried about having enough ice and food. That's that's his big worry on this cross country race. Life is good, just the bare necessities. Yeah, Mel holds up like a bag of pretzels or something, and he's like, "Don't worry, we're covered." Like, <laughs> yeah, but like what, like thirty packs of beer and then a bag yeah. of pretzels. <laughs> yeah, thirty flats, thirty flats of beer. But there's a good example of what we were talking about earlier with the Budweiser, because all those cans mm. were clearly identifiable as Budweiser and Budweiser made a an ad uh, payment to the production for that. So Dean Martin is doing what Dean Martin does and hitting on all the ladies. He's just surrounded by probably six or seven women. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, he always, he always looks like he's lit. I mean, that's his character oh, traded yeah. like he's yeah, he he's is. always intoxicated yeah. and stuff. So. Looks like. Um, that night is the start of the race. There's a, a giant banner that says, go cannonballers. And I'm like, isn't this supposed to be a secret? Yeah, cops could see that easily driving by. <laughs> yeah, you'd think a cop would just like camp outside the hotel and just be like, all right, one, two, three. You pull over and you pull over and you pull over. But so the way it works is that there's a time clock at the hotel. You clock in. And then when you get to the end in L.A., there's another time clock. You clock in there. The record is 32 hours and 51 minutes. And yes, that person did have to exceed the 55 mile per hour speed limit. <laughs> so Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise are getting ready. Burt's like, where's the doctor? And Dom's like, oh, he got sick. And so Bert is just like, find a doctor. I don't care if it's Dr. Frankenstein, just go where doctors hang out and find one. It's like, okay, where do, where do doctors hang out? And he's like, bars, golf courses, things like that. He's like, what about hospitals? Yeah, sure. Try there too. <laughs> uh, Jackie Chan and his partner, they just go right past the, the 
time clock. They don't, they don't even clock in. They don't even clock in, do they? They did it no, electronically. I, that's what I thought. <laughs> I, again, I don't speak Japanese or Chinese or whatever language it was that they're speaking. And there's no subtitles. None. But I did, I did hear the word computer. <laughs> so I put together that they must have clocked out using the computer. Checks out. Am I far off? Yeah, there, there was yeah. Wi-Fi in 81 or Bluetooth. <laughs> yeah, that was always funny about the TV show Knight Raider, right? You have this talking car, but he always had to pull over to a phone booth <laughs> to call Devin back at base. Right. <laughs> Do you got a quarter um, kit? <laughs> but Dean Martin tells Sammy Davis Jr. that Burt Reynolds is not the problem because they see him and they're worried like, oh, he's, you know, he's a great driver. And Dean Martin's like, he's not the problem. It's the blimp when he puts that mask on, which I guess I skimmed over this earlier. We saw Dom DeLuise driving this Porsche and he crashes and he gets out and he's got this mask on, this like luchador mask with a cape. And it says chaos across the front and he calls himself Captain Chaos. Dun, dun, dun. That's his, his, his. So uh, just just for a clarification, Burt Reynolds was driving because oh, there was, was a cop thing in the road. And right. then it was Dom DeLuise that got out to try to help him get out of that situation as Captain Chaos. Okay. Or Mr. Is it Captain Chaos? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Anyways, that would that would be his his thing that he would his, he would hum his, his theme music. Dean Martin goes and starts hitting on Adrian Barbeau and her partner. What what would you say their names were? Jill and something? Jill and Marcy. Jill and Marcy. But he's he's hitting on them and they're just like, you know, I, him and Sammy Davis Jr. are dressed as priests. And Adrian Barbeau is just like, you know, I think that uh, what you're proposing was banned about 2,000 years ago. So go ahead and take flight. And Dean Martin's like, what about just one of you? <laughs> I just want to bless that ass. No. Uh, Mel and Terry are, they're literally sitting at the time clock, just drinking beer. And the guy's like, you guys going to go or. Oh, I guess. Like, oh, right. Yeah. Forgot what we were doing. We see mad dog and his partner in it. They're, they're driving a big pickup truck, like a lifted truck. And they decide they're going to take a shortcut to the highway, just right through the woods. Smart. Meanwhile, Foyt and Farrah Fawcett are sitting there and they're taking down everyone's license plate numbers. Roger Moore makes the guy who's working the brace. He's like, can you do you mind clocking me in? Would uh, you be a dear? Would you be a dear? Pardon me. Do you have any Grey Poupon? To be fair. <laughs> and the guy's like, you going to turn your lights on? Or, and Roger Moore is like, why advertise? But I was like, driving at night without lights, you're probably more likely to get pulled over. Right. <laughs> you should be pulled over driving at night without lights. Yeah. Dean Martin goes to Sammy Davis Jr. And he's like, next time, Methodist. Because <laughs> Methodist priests are allowed to fuck. Uh, we see that Adrian Barbeau and her partner are the ones in the Countach. Dom shows up with a doctor. It's Dr. Nicholas Van Helsing. It's a good name. This actor, I swore I had seen him before, but like I looked at his credits and nothing really popped out to me. Isn't that crazy? He has that look that's so familiar. It's who was the actor back in the day that could pop his eyes out? Oh, I know you're talking about Marty Feldman. Feldman, Feldman, right? So this, 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 
the doctor they got can make his one eye look a different direction than his primary. I wonder if there's a familiarity with that because he doesn't have any credits, but it's like, gosh darn it, I know I've seen that man. It looked like he did a lot of Westerns like back in the day. Oh. Yeah, and he was on Fantasy Island too. Oh, was it Fantasy God, Good old Fantasy Island. At first I thought it was Albert Finney. No, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this guy could watch you and watch TV at the same time. <laughs> but he's he's a proctologist. And he says that his, <laughs> his fee for joining the race would be $2,000. And Burt Reynolds tells him, well, we'll give you 200 And he's like, well, okay, I've thought about it and I'll accept. And Burt Reynolds tells Don DeLuise, he's like, whatever you do, don't ever tell me where you found him. I'm curious now. He's like, <laughs> I want to know where you got this guy. And he had a really long finger. Did you notice they predominantly had him highlight his... Because he's a proctologist. <laughs> he's a finger. And I was looking at that thing going, oh my gosh. He's he's, uh, yeah. he's Dr. Assman. Yeah, that's a, that's a prostate tickler. Well, it is an important part of male health. So I'm not, I'm not knocking that, but just in the caricature in which this world is created, that was a rather large But you even talked about like, you know, in, in my line of work, this is really the only tool I need. <laughs> No lube. Yeah. Oh, boy. Here we go. But so they take off. They're driving. And Dom is like, you know, maybe I could be the patient because they never found a patient. Bert's like, yeah, I'd believe you're sick. And Dom is just like, you know, he doesn't like it when you say bad things about me. But so Foyt has crashed his car. And so Farrah Fawcett, like, waves him down. And which, if you see an ambulance with their lights on, don't wave them down. No. <laughs> yeah. They're busy. It's like a taxi. Occupied, right? It's... Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, all right, go ahead and jump in the back, which... No, that should have been their first clue. Because if an ambulance driver is just like, all right, just jump in the back, as opposed to like getting out and helping you, you should probably not get in that ambulance. It's probably a, it's probably a bang bus. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you $500 to jump in the back. <laughs> But they let Farrah Fawcett in the front seat. Yeah, Burr Reynolds grabs Farrah Fawcett and pulls her in the passenger side window. And then they take off before Foyt can get in the back. So they basically kidnap her. Just a little light kidnapping. It was cool in the 80s. Yeah, sure. But like Farrah Fawcett turns to Dom DeLuise and is just like, can you help me? And he's like, I can't do anything. But he can. She's like, who can? <laughs> he just says, him. And, and well, the- she, should, she should have been like, Jesus? Yeah, with the power of Jesus, I can do anything. <laughs> well, first of all, through Christ, all things are possible. So jot that down. Thank you. That was the exact quote I was thinking of. Uh, let's see. We see Jackie Chan. He has night vision goggles, so he turns off his headlights, which, again, seems to me like you're more likely to get pulled over that way. Right. The Countach gets pulled over doing 160. In like a 30. <laughs> Yeah, the guy's like, you know, a couple miles over, I can understand, but you guys were going 160, which, like, I, I don't care who you are. They're not just going to stand there and talk to you if you were going 160 in anywhere. Like, no. Even on the freeway, that's endangerment. Yeah, you're going to jail. But they're just having a casual chat. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden, all these cars go flying by. And the, the cop is just like, what is going on? But so Barbo, both Jill and Macy are wearing these skin tight uh, jumpsuits. Very nice. And so Barbo just like unzips hers down to her belly button to just to pull her driver's license out of the inside. And so she's standing there with her tits hanging out. 
And the cop is just like, yeah, you know, I guess uh, I could let you off with a warning this time. Which, again, no, absolutely not. That's not happening. I've tried that so many times. And they're like, (laughs) sir, (laughs) your chest is way too hairy to be doing this. Put your clothes back on. (laughs) Yeah. Sir, put your pants back on, too. (laughs) Don't you like what you see? This nice, voluptuous thigh. (laughs) Showing off a little neck. Yeah. (laughs) My cherub body. We see Dr. Van Helsing. He's trying to give Farrah Fawcett this shot. And he's like, you know, it's fine. I give them to myself all the time. And Burt Reynolds is just like, okay, do it. And he's just like, uh, I give it to you? And Burt Reynolds is like, no, no. He's like, well, what about you, Dom DeLuise? And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm driving here. So yeah, he just like shoots himself in the leg and he's just like. So that wasn't morphine. Yeah, I'm not sure what it was. They just call it laughing gas later. Yeah. But I always thought laughing gas, you just... like You inhaled? Yeah. Because it's gas, you know? Yeah, I didn't know there was a liquid form of that. But the ambulance gets pulled over for going 120. And they're like, we have a very sick patient in the back. We have to get them to the hospital. And this cop is like, there's no hospital within 50 miles of here. Where are you guys going? And they're like, oh, UCLA? (laughs) (laughs) They're in New Jersey, by the way. That's a bit of a drive. Yeah. yeah. But so they're like, you know, we, we, let's ask the doctor. And the cop's like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's ask the doctor. Every time Dr. Van Helsing first appears on screen, there's just like this sinister organ music. It's like Vincent Price is playing him in every time. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly right. So they open the door and he like, you know, looks at him. Well, he looks at both of them at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> the music plays and they're just like, ah. <laughs> And they're like, if you're going to UCLA, why why didn't you fly? And he's like, well, we can't fly because she has these cysts on her lungs that would burst at high altitude. We can't even go through Denver. And so the cops are just like, all right. I'd buy that. How's When I first heard that, I'm going, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah, better than anything that's, I could come up with. That's And Bert and Dom both are just like impressed by, oh, he came up with that right on the spot. All right, maybe this is going to work after all. But Bert does reiterate to Dom, you know, he seems like a very nice guy, but don't ever tell me where you found him. And again, I'm like, where did you find him? Yeah. Because like the only clue we get is that one point Dom is like, I didn't think there would be so many animals. And Bert's just like, stop. <laughs> uh, we see Foyt calling DC from a phone booth, talking about all the different cars and stuff. But while he's in the phone booth, this van like backs up and just parks right in front of the phone booth so he can't get out. And at first I thought it was going to be like someone in the race, like messing with him. But it's just this random woman. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was the ambulance at first. Me too. Yeah, because it's like a van. When I saw the tail. And, and, and folks, you got to remember back in the day, these are, there were actual phone booths that would have these accordion style doors that um, can only open a certain way on a track. And you would actually go in here and you could have a little bit of privacy while having the phone call. But if it's blocked, then there isn't enough room for the wing doors to kind of do their fold. So you, that's one way to trap somebody in there. Yeah. Although there is a little bit of opening at the bottom, and that's how he gets out. I've never noticed that in a phone booth in my entire life. But then again, the I gap. did not pay attention to yeah, yeah, a whole lot of phone booths when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever been in like a full Bill and Ted style phone booth. Oh my gosh, yeah. Good times, man. I think I've only been in like the ones that just have like the hood. Right, right. That's when they kind of, <laughs> people were using them for other things perhaps. More than, <laughs> more than nefarious things. More than just licking the receiver. 
<laughs> I know that kind of makes you run for the rail, doesn't it? <laughs> I double dare you. <laughs> Gross. No. But we see the Kuntosh get pulled over again. But again, they flirt their way out of it. The you hear the cop saying, you know, or you hear Jill or Marcy, whichever one is not Adrian Barbeau, saying, you know, if you're ever in Duluth, make sure you look me up. And the cop's just like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Kevin, have you been to Duluth? I have never been to Duluth. So you can't get the shirt? No, I can't, unfortunately. One day, though, I'll go to Duluth and get the I've been to Duluth shirt. Just to say you've been to Duluth. And you can thank the Cannonball Run for that. See? Once again, the Cannonball, the cannonball Run changes lives. Kevin's going to go to Duluth because of the Cannonball Run. I will. One day. So uh, we see Compton, he's, he's doing wheelies on the motorcycle, but not by choice, but because Shaky is so fat, even though, like I said, he's, he's not that fat, yeah. but he's, he's apparently so fat that he causes the motorcycle to wheelie the entire way. So fun fact that uh, that stunt uh, cyclist was known for being able to do wheelies for like miles at a time, which is great because they had long takes and they can edit it down as they needed to. But this person literally could. That's what... That was with their special gift to cinema was the fact that they could do such prolonged wheelies, which they do through the Damn. entire picture. I know. Isn't that? I can even do a wheelie on my BMX. You know, <laughs> yeah, <or> BMX. <laughs> do people know what that is anymore? Do they have BMX anymore? I used to go to the Boys and Girls Club. We used to be, well, actually, before it was called the Girls Rat, it was just called the Boys Club back in the day. But they had a BMX track in Greenwood in, in Seattle. And do they do BMX? Which is dirt bike, I think so. Pedal bicycle, uh, dirt track racing. So that was the thing. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't, I don't see kids riding bikes anymore. I know, really? right? I know they're on their like these hover what they call hoverboards, but they're just well, that's one way to get your exercise? Question mark. It's just riding these. <laughs> it's good for your core. <laughs> it's good for <laughs> good for your core. Cause you got a balance. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Kevin, did you notice that Compton calls Shaky Super Chief? I did. Is this where Letterkenny got it? I hope so. Also, they're dressed as a couple. Like, they're supposed to be like newlyweds, but I don't understand why. Oh, yeah. It's like, let me put my wig on. Yeah, let me put the grandma wig on. I, I, that, would, that didn't quite make sense, did it? But we see Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin pull up next to the ambulance in their Ferrari. And they're like, hey, Pull over. We want to bless you. Burt Reynolds is skeptical because they're priests in a Ferrari. Uh, and he does say, because one is black. Oh, boy. You, you can have black priests. It's okay. Yeah, it's cool. Tom DeLuise is like, they want to bless us. We should pull over. So they pull over. And I expected that, you know, the Rat Pack guys would just kind of continue going. <laughs> but no, they pull over too. And Sammy Davis lets all the air out of one of their tires. But I like Dean Martin sees Farrah Fawcett in the back. He's like, oh, I got to bless her. <laughs> Until he gets gets a look at Dr. Van Helsing. And it's just like, okay, I'm good. Got to go. <laughs> we see Roger Moore with a new girl. Roger Moore. And he, this is, he's telling her, you know, he's this actor, but he's also this international man of mystery. Basically saying that he is James Bond. Without saying it. Yeah, right. if you put three and three together. Moonraker. Moonraker. <laughs> but somebody comes I on like the CB Moonraker. and they're just like, you know, hey, whoever that silver car is with the hot looking girl in the, in the passenger seat, I just want to let you know that I, I got some Smokies on my tail. 
And <laughs> Roger Moore is just like, I don't know who this is, but if you're going to speak to me, please use the Queen's English. <laughs> <laughs> so Burt Reynolds calls up to this cop and he's like, hey, man, you, you take law and order seriously in this town? And the cop's just like, what do you think? And points to this banner that says, reelect Sean Killakami O'Scanlan. <laughs> Those damn Russians. <laughs> Which I want to I make sure I point out it says reelect. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So they had just, so the ambulance had fueled up. At the 7-Eleven, of course. At the 7-Eleven. So this is where we talked about where they did the product placement, where Dom DeLuise comes out with all these snacks, one of them highlighting the, the Slurpee as well as highlighting the fact that 7-Eleven pumps gas, which is why they, they created that scene for the, instead of just pulling into a parking stall, they had him fueling up to further illustrate that uh, 7-Eleven sells gas. Now, here's a fun fact. That ambulance was actually used in a cannonball run race, in a real cannonball run race. What you don't know, uh, that you don't learn in the film, is, is that that ambulance has a 90-gallon fuel tank oh my god and it has god. and it has four gas caps so the idea was is they could pull into a gas station and everyone okay. would jump out and they would they would they could use four uh four of the little uh gas pumps to fill it up at the same time ergo saving the time so for 90 gallons i was That's confused what he says to the guy he's like pumps one and two hook them up and the guy's oh. like he says, you know, what are you crazy? That's one diesel and one unleaded. And Bert says, she, Bert says she goes both ways. <laughs> but he says to this cop, he says, you know, there's going to be a red Ferrari coming through here. And they're responsible for the victim that we have in the back. And the guy's like, victim? You're like, a uh, flashing victim. They're, they're perverts and they're dressed like priests. And I think they're armed too. And the cop says, I hope so. That would give me an excuse. Oh boy. So you fit in today. 1981. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, law and order. Yeah. So this cop pulls over the Rat Pack, and he, he like makes them plate the hood of the car like drums. I didn't understand what was going on there. I think they just did that because the I did think it was a pretty good stunt because when the uh, ambulance takes off, the cop stops, like jumps right in front. I mean, that's a pretty well timed stunt for yes, a car is. to trusting the stunt driver to stop with enough time not to, you know, hit the, cause you know, Ferrari such a low riding car to buck you in the knees. I thought that was a pretty, I thought that was a pretty well-timed. And it looked like a single take stunt. and the car was like in a, within a foot of the him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, it really, now they could have had some fun with the, with the, uh, using a longer lens or something like that, but I don't know. I, I just appreciate Stuff like that where it's like, wow, that's – I don't know if you'd do that today. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, they would just digitally put him in there. <laughs> well, I had a scene in They Reach, right, uh, where this is back when I was playing the dad and I I had to stop the car uh, just shy of the camera kit. So here's, you know, James with all of his, you know, the red camera and all the gear. It's like I had to <laughs> – they, they stepped away, but – I had to stop that car. It's kind of similar to like two feet from the camera, just so it would get that nice bumper headlight shot. And it's like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, you messed that yeah. up. And James is taking your balls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, really, with his hundred thousand dollar camera. But so Foyt has set up a roadblock where he's like checking all the license plates and cross checking them with his his notes. So the ambulance actually pulls onto the back of this flatbed truck 
and covers it with a giant tarp and hides. And uh, <laughs> you can still see the outline of the ambulance. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Roger Moore is he switches his license plate. It's like a, you know, old school train station sign or something that flips. And so it's like as Foyt is looking at it, it all of a sudden flips. And he's just like, oh. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess he's good. He's fine to go. How peculiar. Going for his honeymoon. honeymoon. She can't wait. (laughs) Mel and Terry get arrested. Uh, There's these guys driving a van and they get taken away. And Foyt is just like, all right, get this van off the road. Here, I'll put it in neutral for you. But accidentally puts it in drive and it crashes into a cop car and there's a huge explosion. (laughs) Now, that guy that got out of the van is actually was actually an NFL. What could you see the size of the guy? He was, yeah, I mean, earlier in the, in the movie, he's like holding the van up. He's like an NFL linebacker. I mean, he's like, they were talking about how his arms are as, like, as big as anyone's waist. I mean, this guy was just a monster. He's a big boy. Um, yeah, so definitely the kind of person you want to have on the front line of an NFL football team. So, but Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that night, we see Jackie Chan in his car, and they see a cop with a radar. They get like a notification on their screen that says radar incoming or something and in english I, mind you that was in english good point. I didn't think of that. all the all the displays in the car were in english warning cop ahead or radar <laughs> even though it was built or put together in japan and by all accounts the drivers are well chinese but yeah yeah, um, yeah that was, that's a good point the, the warnings are in english but they hit a switch. Like, it must have been some kind of cloaking device or something. And they just like drive right by. And they're like, <laughs> sayonara, bye-bye. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, we see Klinger go- pulls up to this like diner. And the waitress is like, that's the first time I've ever taken an order by phone. Really? <laughs> Which, like, I mean, I don't know, 1981, I guess. Yeah, you would always just kind of go to a diner. Even That's though it true. Is, it's, it's like a drive-in diner and you would just go and park, you would never make a phone order. I guess only pizza really would be, or Chinese food maybe. But certainly not a, a phone call from a car, you know? Yeah. Would, no. You call from home ahead, but. But he's, he starts yelling at this waitress, but then he notices that she's bent over and she's got her Gonzaga's hanging out. And Is that a college? It is. Okay. Gonzaga. <laughs> it's a very good basketball team. Yes, but he kind of, you know, gets distracted and he's like, have you ever considered joining a harem? (laughs) I ask people that all the time. I get slapped so much in Los Angeles. I was wondering why your face was so red. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's a constant bruise here. (laughs) That's not a tan. (laughs) No, I don't tan. I go red. I'm same here. Yeah, there's no tanning for me. He tells her, I shall return for you, my desert fig. <laughs> my desert fig. Uh, that reminds me that um, there's figs grown in Palm Springs, and they make really good fig um, milkshakes in Palm Springs. Ooh, and Palm Springs is like the only place to get them. Really? I, yeah, they're I, delicious. Uh, what about in Yakima? Do they have them in Yakima, the Palm Springs of Washington? <laughs> I don't believe so. <laughs> the, the Palm Springs Washington. But so we see Farrah Fawcett asking Dom DeLuise about him. And we find out that him, finally we get an answer that him is actually Captain Chaos. Oh, hey. Dun, it's not Jesus. Dun, dun. Yeah. He says, you know, he's, he's not in my head. He's out there. 
he's out there always helping people. And he, you know, first discovered him because in school, nine guys were beating him up. And then Captain Chaos arrived. Jason, dun, dun, dun. Thank you. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I missed my cue. Sorry. We'll splice that together. And there you go. <laughs> we won't. We won't do it. Just leave it. It's real. It's organic. But Farrah Fawcett says, you know, I wish, wish I had a friend like that. And Dom DeLuise tells her, well, you would need a mask and a cape. She says, I'd, I'd like mine to be pink. Everything I wear is pink. And Dom DeLuise is like, even your, uh, which don't ask her that. <laughs> no, never. But she's like, oh, I don't wear those. <sighs> and Dom DeLuise is like, he's pulling in his collar. He's like, oh, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> He turns into Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> uh, we see Jackie Chan is the first to arrive in Jason's hometown of, well, not hometown, home state, not home state, current residence of New Mexico. <laughs> yep. Going the wrong way. Yep. <laughs> he took a left at Albuquerque. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the Rocky Mountains would be higher. What's going John on Denver's here? full of shit, man. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Rocky Mountain High, my ass. The Rockies go down there, right? <laughs> I, yes, I honestly don't know. Uh, the Kuntash gets pulled over again. Adrian Barbell's like, don't worry, I got this one. Unzips her <laughs> jumpsuit all like all the way down this time. Yeah. It's like just, just above her crotch. But the police officer is a female, presumably straight, and is not interested in your tits, Adrian Barbeau. Yeah. She will have none of it. The officer's uniform is a little revealing as well. If I, yeah, it's maybe yeah. not not up to code. No, <laughs> it wasn't buttoned at the collar. Let's put it. Yeah, she's not wearing a tie either. I wish I could That's remember true. what she said. Sorry, sweetie, or so, so, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's something like, like that. something it's, like you know, somewhere in there, do you have your license and registration or something like that? He's <laughs> like, your shit is not going to work here, ma'am. <laughs> But Roger Moore with another new Bond girl. He has like twenty, right? I should have I, I should have counted. Yeah, you should also be making a spreadsheet. But I'm busy. <laughs> you are not busy. I I'm busy. But Ish. he's now being followed by a cop with his lights on, and she she's like, "Aren't you going to pull over?" And he's like, "No, I don't feel like engaging." And so he tells her to hit a switch and she hits the switch that like releases the smoke screen behind him and then flips another switch that releases this oil slick and the cop car just does this like 720 and spins out off the road that was impressive the amount of force and speed they got on that spin on that cop car yeah like i was wondering if they sped up the film because that was fast yeah i was like i was waiting for axles to fly off and tires to go (laughs) shooting straight up in the air (laughs) But the smoke screen has now enveloped the car. The entire inside of the car is now full of smoke. She's like, can you see where you're going? And he's like, oh, absolutely. But then he starts like driving into the other lane and then off the road. There's a very sad story about this stunt. I don't know yes. if you want me to tell. Yeah, well, basically, like the person who was supposed to be the woman in the car that was doing the stunt ended up being replaced by like the stunt, uh, the head stunt coordinator's wife. And they ended up getting in a wreck and, bre- and she broke her neck and she became a quadriplegic. Oh, my God. Oh, no kidding. I did not know that. Where were you on that one, Connolly? Yeah, no kidding. I uh, I only, yeah, I did not know that. That's if the wiki is true. 
Wow. That's which is that could be a big F. <laughs> yeah. To the earlier question, there are five of the uh girlfriends. Five. That's that sounded that sounded about right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Five. Uh we see Jackie Chan watching pornography while driving because the other guy is asleep in the back seat. So he's like, all right, I'm just gonna watch behind the green door. Which I think behind is like a lesbian the porn. green door. I've never. Have you guys seen it? I've never seen it. I've heard I've never of it, seen but it. I've never seen it. Kevin is the porn connoisseur over here. I oh. do watch a lot of porn, and I have not seen. <laughs> I do watch a lot of porn, but I've never seen. It. That's all I watch: sports oh, and Kevin, porn. That's it. Kevin, you'll appreciate this. There was a kid at the Little League World Series, and he had his little Krylon, and it said, "Favorite actress: Alexis Texas." Nice. <laughs> they let that slide. They probably had no idea. Oh God! Wow. But yeah, I'm like, this kid is like 14. How does he know who Alexis Texas is? Well, you know, his parents do not have the child locks on the internet. Apparently. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but we we see Klinger get pulled over for going 140, and he's telling the cops, he's like. I'm guessing when I told you that my mom is buying Southern California, you took that as me trying to insinuate you shouldn't give me a ticket. Maybe she'll keep you on. <laughs> but they give him a ticket and they're like, you know, tell it to the judge. And he takes off and throws the ticket out the window. And he's like, this is for you and the judge. Suck it. We then see Mad Dog and his partner, his partner's driving. And this cop pulls up next to him on a, on a motorcycle and just like, pull over. And he's like, we don't have any brakes. <laughs> and the cop like pulls ahead. And he's like, ah, the no brakes trick works every time. And then he goes to hit the brakes. Cause there's a train going by and he's like, Oh shit, we actually don't have any brakes. <laughs> and so they hit this like concrete pillar or something and jump the train that just happens to be on an empty cart going by. Very convenient. Yeah. That was another stunt that they had to really well time. I mean, needless to say, cause again, no, None of the special effects, right, for this. And uh, they had to do that. It was exactly a great timed shot because you had boxcar, boxcar, then a flat part in which they could clear yeah. the jump. So Yeah, and it went back to boxcars as soon as it went through. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? Okay, everyone back to one. We missed that shot. Yeah, really? <laughs> we need a couple more stuntmen. <laughs> yeah, need, need another truck. Let's see. Oh, and then Mad Dog does a Howard Cassell impression where he's like, Avil Knievel, you've got some competition. <laughs> this is Howard Cosell. I miss Howard Cosell. For those of you listening who may not know, Howard Cosell was a very popular sports commentator. I had a great relationship with the great Muhammad Ali and uh, would call those fights, but he was definitely a... Uh, yeah, he did everything, like Muhammad Ali everything. fights. He did baseball. He did Monday Night Football. He was the first Monday Night Football uh, play-by-play guy, wasn't he? Oh, was he really? Before, uh, what is it... Uh, Who's uh who's in the booth? Al uh, the the Al last Michaels. arriving Al Michaels, right? Yeah. And well, and Mary, uh, do you guys remember uh, ABC's Wide World of Sports? Sure. Vaguely. You know the agony of defeat, where the show the skier just is ski jumps. I love gets that. All messed up and, but uh, yeah, no, they would be do that and Pat Summerall and all those guys. But, yeah. Oh, that's another legend. Yeah. Gee whiz. Gosh, miss him. R.I.P. to Vince Scully, by the way. Vince Scully. Yeah. That's a big loss for the LA area. Yeah. But yeah. we see Jackie Chan accidentally join a dune buggy race. Happens. And he gets stuck trying to go up a hill and they like have to use these rocket boosters. 
<laughs> you know, it, it it Kevin, you're right. It it happens more often here in New Mexico than I would have thought with the uh, with the open mesas. Yeah, you just you know driving through Albuquerque, you take a left, and you're in a dune buggy like, race. All of a sudden, I'm in a dune buggy race, and I go, and it's I'm like, in I a just TL. wanted some milk. I can't handle these this you know this sand. <laughs> go around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go around. I'm in my Chio Metro. Obviously, it's yeah. not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> Digging a hole. <laughs> But so there's now construction and the road is blocked. And so everyone's just kind of hanging out. Burt Reynolds and Dean Martin start getting into it. He refers to Sammy Davis Jr. as a chocolate monk, which oh, is, no. is, 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 feels racist. Yeah, just a little bit. But Dean Martin refers to Dom DeLuise as the Goodyear blimp, which getting that, that ad in there, that branding, Goodyear. Yeah. Burt Reynolds tells Dean Martin, you know, that if I had time, I would shove those rotary beads right up your nose. Rotary instead of rosary. Does he say rotary or did I just write that down? I think, no, I think he said rotary. I think so too. And I know, I believe he did say rotary, even though they're supposed to be rosary. rosary, So I didn't know, I didn't know if that's him having one too many of the bourbons or not, but yeah. I, I noticed well, I that too. We didn't mention that, that Dean Martin is drinking the entire time. The entire movie. <laughs> Just you like know, real his, life. His character. I like Dean Martin. He looked he loves yeah, Christmas he played album. a good drunk too. <laughs> Art imitating life. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, Roger Moore has another new Bond girl. Number seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> Confident another shaky Bond show up girl. and this motorcycle gang rolls up and just like encircles them. The Hell's Angels? It the it might be. But they're starting shit with them. Yeah, Peter Fonda was one of these guys. Peter Fonda yeah. was. He was. That's that's right. He was on the set for two to three days, and you know he was recently off of his uh, Easy Rider. Yeah. So he was. Uh, so that was his uh, cameo. And somebody knew uh, one of the guys that was one of the bikers was actually a stuntman who kind of turned actor. He was the the bald guy that was next to peter fonda oh that, yeah uh, he was uh so he was a stunt artist turned turned actor and apparently he knew peter fonda and they said hey we got this biker gang scene do you want to and uh peter said yeah sounds like fun i'll do it oh cool nice. so just like that you get peter fonda and just as easily you can get jason Connolly. Yeah, I know Jason. Yeah, sure. I'll for 1995 like- plus shipping <laughs> for, and handling. <laughs> for 1995 plus shipping and handling. Five for four. Five million for four weeks. <laughs> Five dollars for four weeks. <laughs> Five dollars for four weeks. <laughs> I don't think that's SAG. I think your your no, uh, union is going to have a problem. <laughs> but it's outside the U.S., so it doesn't matter. Okay, that's fine. SAG jurisdiction is always in the United States. So. But they're all making fun of Shaky for wearing a wig. So I guess this this was the whole reason they were dressed up like a couple just for this one scene. Yeah. But they're you know giving them shit, talking all the shit to them, pushing them and stuff, and then all of a sudden. Dun, dun, dun. In flies dun, dun, Captain dun. Chaos. He like literally he like jumps in and just like takes a bunch of people out. Jackie Chan, of course, joins the fight. He's oh, like, yeah. but I have to. It's in my blood. It's part of my DNA. I have God, to kill so, these guys. Oh, but he's so good though. I'm so glad they gave him a chance to flash his uh his martial arts mastery. I mean, come on. I mean, it's really amazing watching him. Oh, he's so good. Watching him work. They talked about uh, during the fight scene that the 
so these were American stunt artists that aren't kung fu stunt artists. So in China, when he would do the um, when he would do the the fighting, is it wasn't uncommon. I mean, Jackie will pull a punch, but it's not uncommon for them to really get hit. Oh wow! Maybe not at full force, but in here, the American stunt artists. It took a while for the so. Jackie actually coordinated and worked and taught the stunt artists and they did a great job, you know, it was a good fight scene taught the American, you know, just how to react to martial arts. I mean, you could do the boxing thing, but martial arts fighting obviously encompasses the entire instrument, the body and the legs and stuff. So, right. Um, so he definitely, uh, he was kind of the coordinator, uh, teaching the stunt artists here how to, you know, take a blow from a, a um, a Kung Fu style. A roundhouse kick. So, yeah. I mean, it was great. It was a great shot, right? And yeah. Chuck Norris is like, in 10 years, when I start filming Walker, Texas Ranger, this is what I'm going to do. I will make this <laughs> my identity. <laughs> but this is the big bonding scene. You know, everybody kind of joins up together to fight this biker gang. I love Roger Moore comes up to this guy and he goes, I must warn you, I'm Roger Moore. <laughs> and? <laughs> and the guy just knocks him out. I love how those glass shattering. And he goes down like a, like a lawn chair. He just folds up. Yeah. Yeah. And we never see him again. <laughs> uh, these, this, these bikers grab Adrian Barbeau and the other one and like take them into this, I, I guess it's an abandoned gas station building, like a little mini something, thing. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this got dark. This got real, real dark. Quick, right. <laughs> but, but it turned out to be a setup. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. In dun, comes Captain dun, Chaos dun. to once again save the day. Starts throwing guys through walls. Uh, Mad Dog breaks a two by four over a guy's back. Van Helsing drugs a guy. <laughs> and then D Martin is like, is that stuff good to drink? He's like, I don't know. I never tried. And like squirts it into his mouth. <laughs> oh, I can only For- imagine where that needle has been. Yeah. In, yeah. Not good places. In in butts. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Burt Reynolds is punching this guy and he's not going down. This is actually the guy you were just talking about, the bald guy. And uh and he's like, here, maybe try this side. And so Burt Reynolds grabs a wrench and just yeah. slams Bink. him in the face with a wrench. <laughs> and then like while all this is going on, this construction construction worker just walks up to D. Martin and is like, oh, excuse me, father, the this is the road's open now. <laughs> Just all nonchalant. It's like I don't. I don't mean to bother you in this brawl. I know you're kicking some ass. But <laughs> he if you walks like- up to him in the middle of this giant brawl. Yeah, and that's like, right. Excuse that's me, right. Father. Uh, the roads open. Yeah. And so he's like, "Roads <laughs> open. We gotta go." And so everybody just. Why scrambles. announce it? Why don't they just like everyone's occupied? It's like just sneak away, you know, and at least get a jump on them. Don't have to announce that it's open to everybody. Jeez. But I love that Jackie Chan sticks around to take out the last like four or five guys all by himself. With that little handstand like, maneuver? Yeah. Is yeah. that what you're going to talk about? The handstand where he's on his hands and knees and kicks him in the face? And that was yeah. Peter Fonda he kicked in the face, wasn't it? I think was it, it was. Was it Peter Fonda? Was it? Was that the last? Yeah. Okay. But then he does this like jumping split kick and he like splits his, uh, his jumpsuit open and he like <laughs> cowers away holding his crotch. <laughs> he also does not wear underwear like Farrah Fawcett. Oh no, he definitely did. <laughs> oh, he do- he totally did. <laughs> I think he had tidy whities on because if he if he didn't, then he- his balls would have been hanging out. Yeah, because that was a tight suit. But so it's the home stretch. Ten blocks left. 
everyone's passing the ambulance. And so they're like, hey, we need him. And Dom's just like, I know I, I can't do it. You know, I, it's got to come naturally. And they're just like, we need him. Then all of a sudden we see Burt Reynolds fly into the back of the ambulance and Captain Chaos is behind the wheel. And he's dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. And so all of a sudden he can pass everybody, just like Dean Martin warned us at the beginning. And he's passing everybody, including Roger Moore, who has another new girlfriend. <laughs> and she's like, I can't wait to tell my friends I was in a car with George Hamilton. <laughs> I was expecting him to use the ejector seat at that point. <laughs> oh, yeah, because the girls kept wanting to light cigarettes. And he's like, no, don't yeah. use that one. No, right. no, darling, not that button. No. Yeah. He's like, we don't want you to leave so soon. No, I have plans for you later. Why did I go Eastern European with the accent? I was going to say, where are we? Is it Prague? What's, yeah. what's Kevin's not here? good with accents. I'm terrible with accents. Also, another reason I'm not an actor. Like, Kevin, give him an Irish accent. Like, okay, here you go. That's just you speaking. Oh, I'm sorry. That sounds very oh. Seattle. But so the, the time clock is at this, like, marina, but there's a security arm. So Mad Dog crashes through the security arm in his, in his pickup. Everyone stops and gets out, and they're running. And everyone just kind of collides and falls over, except for Captain Chaos and Adrian Barbo. So a little fun fact. So this is where the the end of the film, this is where the everyone got back together again, so they were able to get all the actors back together again. And a lot of them were actually in that pileup. So that big pileup you see, a lot of them are actually... I mean, Dean Martin was actually in, in the pileup. I mean, they have it coordinated, so no one would get hurt, of course. But right. just a little... Fun fact that uh, I figured that was like all stun people, <laughs> Mm-mm. but this woman all of a sudden pops out and just like my baby, my baby fell in the water. Someone please save my baby. And Captain it's just Chaos, a baby. <laughs> Captain Chaos can't resist, so he dives over the bushes into the water and pulls out this little dog. It's not Aww. even a baby; it's a little dog. It's a baby still. A- according to Jason, I didn't see this, but at some point, Adrian Barbeau has hit the time clock. <laughs> yep. She did. I never saw it. You were so caught up in the emotions of the, of the, the dog being saved. I can, I get that you were affected by it. Your eyes were probably watering, which impeded your vision, which is why you didn't see it. It's a very sweet moment. You got me. Yeah. When we joined this chat, one of the first things I asked Jason was who won? (laughs) (laughs) Who do you want to win? But Burt Reynolds tells Dom DeLuise, he's like, no more Captain Chaos. We are sick of Captain Chaos. He like rips his mask off. And he's like, all right, you know what? That's that's fine. And he like ducks out of frame and pops up in a new mask. It's blue and it says USA across the top because I've always wanted to be Captain USA. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. America, America. But <laughs> Foyt shows up. Oh. And he's he's hooting and hollering yeah. and Roger Moore is just like here you know have a cigar and just chill out you you can go and light it in my car his Austin Martin DB5 he, he does everything but look at the camera and wink at this point like <laughs> <laughs> but so Hoyt gets in the car and he's smoking the cigar and people are just like We're, was something supposed to happen Roger Moore is just like what's going on here so he goes and he gets in the passenger seat and he's like how did you light that and the guy goes with the cigarette lighter and so Moore pushes the cigarette lighter and he gets launched out of the car, <laughs> lands in the bay, roll credits, complete with outtakes. Which is great. As we discussed the outtakes earlier. outtakes of the credits are amazing. And they're, they're pretty so funny. That was very well done. 
I was impressed with that that synapses there, that uh, little cliff notes. That Thank I you. I was reliving every moment of the film. That's that's really impressive. That's how we do it here. Yeah, man, that we was don't amazing. half ass our audience. No, no, I especially mean, those South Africans. I hope they don't. I hope they're still motivated to see the film because you described it so well. It's like why you drew a picture in their mind. But uh, but that is the film that uh, has changed many lives. And two more now. <laughs> two more. And if I can convince one other person to watch the Cannonball Run, just... I mean, it's it's a fun movie. It's, it is. I definitely get why it wasn't critically acclaimed, despite having an, yeah. an absolutely fantastic cast. Yeah. This Overall, cast is the story insane. is kind of thin. Like, the story is, yeah. is just there's a race. And it's really yeah. more character-driven than anything. So I, I get why some critics wouldn't like it. A lot of critics have their thumb up their ass, too. Yeah, but I thought I thought it was a fun movie. I would watch it again. I'd watch it again. I I think I saw it as a kid with like my grandpa, and it's like I vaguely remember watching it like back in the day. But yeah, I totally watched it again. So I guess technically I have Bruce Lee to thank, and then Mr. Raymond Chow because this was a Raymond. You know, Raymond Chow was the executive producer for me, even getting an interest in wanting to see this picture, and then with the opening shot of the Lambo. Yeah, I was hooked, and so, so thank you, Mr. Lee and Mr. Chow, for your great movies that inspired me to watch this movie, which is just, I don't know, it's just one of those fun, takes you back kind of, and as an actor and as a director, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, wow, the logistics of having all those celebrities on set, and I can't imagine the contracting, I just, right. you know, it's just amazing, you know, but yeah. So there yeah, we are. It's just, it's just a fun movie that you don't need to think a lot about. It's not something you got to like, That's you know, right. be constantly paying attention and looking for the message or anything like that. That's it's something right. You can just right. crack open a couple cold beers, a couple Budweiser's. There you go. Or, Budweiser's oh. with your Goodyear hat on, drinking a Slurpee. <laughs> <laughs> Budweiser Slurpee. <laughs> or if you want to make a cocktail, you can have a nice like rum and Hawaiian punch. There you go. <laughs> Or Hawaiian Tropic, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what, what what is Hawaiian Tropic. I only know it as the, the swimsuit suntan lotion. The suntan lotion. Oh, don't drink that. Yeah, yeah don't no, do that. You don't want like, to drink no, that. The Hawaiian punch you can drink. Wasn't Hawaiian Tropic the first one to add like a smell, like a, a yeah, coconut they, smell to it or something? Like and that? I think they eventually did banana. Or something. Like that. <laughs> I like banana, but who wants to smell like it? Yeah, nobody. <laughs> there you go. This show is brought to you by Hawaiian Tropic. So we can I help wish. get your sponsorship, guys. We could highlight the films that have highlighted product placement in it. And you can all thank the Cannonball Run. There thank you. Go. you. <laughs> That's so all right, fun, Jason, guys. do you have anything you want to promote? Uh, anything I want to promote? Oh, my goodness. Um, myself, I just got new headshots. You can go to nice. jasonconley.com. Um, I'm an actor and director, and I love telling stories on film. And I've had the privilege of working with Taylor on set and and on a short. And it's this is what we do. And and someday maybe you guys will be talking about a film that I'm in or have done, and and just just have a good time with it and stimulate fun conversation. It doesn't all have to be deep and heavy, and it can just be fun and whimsical and uh, and and entertaining. 
Just make sure it gets below a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> that's right. You have to. <laughs> I mean, we, we may do they reach on the podcast. <laughs> well, if you do, please invite me back to that one. You have a whole bunch of people you can have in on that. Uh, that's true. Yeah. On that call. Um, this has been fun, guys. This has really made my made my weekend and inspired me to. This is why I want to tell stories on film, and um, this is this has really been motivating. I really appreciate you thinking of me and inviting me to this, and allowing us to revisit uh, a fun ride of a film, the uh, Cannonball Run. Yeah, it was great. Uh, and if you at home have enjoyed it as well, make sure you go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. If you can put something in the text box, it really helps. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. You can just put, you know, how fast you think your cannonball run would be or what kind of car you would drive or who your uh, superhero alter ego is. Anything like that. We'd love to hear it. We'd also love to hear from you on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as Splat. You can also go to cultasplat.com. Uh, we have merch for sale. You can also make donations to the show if you want. You can also find out about any events we have coming up, which we might. Just a little hint, spoiler there. It's in the planning stages. That's right. You can also follow me. Uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram as the Taylor Bartle. Or you can follow Kevin at... Kevin Nescoda on Twitter and Nescoda, D-U-H, on Instagram. There you go. So hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. We will be back next week. Until then... See ya. Yay. Bye.